0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of OA News Overtime. As always, I'm Jordan Hill with Justin Lee. Jordan Hill. Back in studio. Here we are, yeah. No longer on the road. (laughs) 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 Made it out of the airport. Yeah, I was very lucky. I didn't know there were questions. There were there were certainly questions very early Sunday morning. Hey, yeah, but by golly, we got back to Lee County, and then let me tell you right now, maybe the best sleep of my life yeah. on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll be fine. I'll stay up, and then about three o'clock, I just.
1: That's it. Crash. That'll do it, yeah. Crash.
0: (laughs) Well, getting ready for another week of Auburn football. Auburn's getting ready for homecoming, uh, Georgia State, on Saturday. Before we dive into that, is there anything else you feel like we need to kind of hit on from the Penn State game? There are a couple things I can throw in from... Um, our conversations with some of the players, but anything that's sort of on top of your mind as we get ready for the next week. Oh,
1: yeah, Jordan, tell me about what what they said today. Um, because I, I wasn't on the call. Yeah. Uh, what uh What did they say? You know, as we kind of, you know, it's we, like you said. I think you said
0: Saturday or Sunday. Like
1: we're probably gonna talk about Penn State a little bit because there's not much to talk about with Georgia State.
0: Nope. So. Um, So the biggest things that kind of struck me from the last two days of interviews, uh, I guess at this point actually the last three days of interviews, Brian Harson was asked about um, the coverage, uh, you know, with Kevin Steele as defensive coordinator, was a lot more press man, Uh, Derek Mason kind of likes more off man, zone coverages, and and Harson was asked if he thought there was maybe some growing pains with sort of that change. And he kind of refuted that. He said that more of what he saw, he thought, was just kind of a lack of execution rather than, you know, guys not getting it and things like that. And mm-hmm. and, I, and I think I'd have to go back and look at all the transcripts, but I believe it was Donovan Kaufman uh, who on Tuesday was saying that it was really the underneath coverages they had to shore up, that that was the biggest issue, that they mm-hmm. kind of struggled with the underneath stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other than that, the biggest thing I was kind of struck by today we're recording on Wednesday uh, was Colby Wooden. Uh, he was really um, you know, straightforward with how things went because he was part of that pass rush that struggled. I mean, I think there was sure. one quarterback hurry, no right. sacks against Penn State, and Sean Clifford took advantage of it and, and you know had – I went back and looked. The best <laughs> statistical <laughs> completion percentage of his career in a game where he uh, had more than three attempts. More so, than three? So, so basically <laughs> – Basically, the best game of his career as far as completion percentage at, so goes. Add him to the list. Right? Exactly. Exactly. But uh, Colby talked. Colby talked about the fact uh, that they really thought they could get by with just rushing three, sure, and and being able to bring pressure, and they couldn't. And right. I think you and I were both watching a video of one play in particular where yeah. you just you you pointed out. You said, "Look at the numbers." Right. I mean, it was three against at least five. They may right. have, may have even had a tight end in right. there too. Like. anybody
1: can do that math
0: yes (laughs) yes and and, uh, i think that's the biggest thing was that they were at a disadvantage Mm -hmm. and and, you know that's something that you know maybe they did adjust as that game went on but i mean clearly clifford was comfortable Mm -hmm. was able to get comfortable Mm -hmm. you know he even scrambled a few times and picked up big gains but uh yeah Yeah. i mean i just thought that that was pretty telling that he was like yeah we thought we'd get by rushing three and, and we sure couldn't and that was on us
1: they held penn state to like 130 second half yards Um, But, I mean, you know, um, it's one of those where, uh, you know, and, hey, credit to Brian Harson; He said it that, like, hey, after a loss, you go back and you reevaluate as a player and as a staff. And uh, that's one of these things where they've got to reevaluate as far as, uh, you know, obviously the coaches – I mean, the players are all going to pin it on themselves. Kobe's going to be like, well, we should have – I should have got to him if it was one on five, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, uh, and, yeah, sure, up zone coverages, you know, blah, blah, blah. But – That's one of those where they've got to reevaluate and and make honest, you know, make honest evaluations of, hey, uh, did these players execute correctly? And, hey, did we put our players in the best position to succeed? And that's what they've got to do this week. That's what, you know, uh, if you're if you're trying to be a good football team, you're in the league with Texas A&M, with Georgia, with Alabama. You're, You're in that league. You've got to make honest assessments and make changes when when things didn't go right. Uh, so, I mean, that's, and that's the biggest thing we'll see. I mean, when they go down to LSU, you know, do we see some pass rush blitzes? You know, do we see, uh, a little more run on the ball? What do we, what do we see differently? Um, you know what I mean? Because maybe, maybe the goal line fade was the best play ever, Jordan. And they just didn't, the players didn't execute it correctly. Right. But, you know, in how many situations are you going to point to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and we're talking about. John Clifford picking apart, you know, a zone defense. And, you know, obviously for a lot of fans, a lot of fans question the zone probably because we haven't seen it in years. Yeah.
0: Uh. Yeah. And, I I mean, I get it too because it is more passive than saying, we've got the guys that can play man-to-man and you're going to have to just try to beat us. But. Right. But that's you right. know it's, there's more than one way to skin a cat so I get right. it trying to do something a little different
1: right right so uh, that's uh, you know well well that's I mean going into LSU game that's just what we're gonna we're gonna be looking at we're gonna be seeing like are they gonna try something different are they gonna you know was that only because they had no confidence in Sean Clifford you know mm-hmm. blah 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 um, so I don't know we'll see it's almost and then. You know, looking at Georgia State, we're not going to learn anything from this game. Nope. Uh, that's going to be more akin to the first two games. So, uh, this is kind of like a thread between Penn State and LSU that you just kind of have to watch, I guess.
0: I agree. And, and uh, you know, you kind of hit on this. And I'm not the kind of person that when you look at a loss that, like, always wants to be glass half full, well, you know, moral sure. victories, blah, 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 blah. But I think that you can learn a lot from that game. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are things that, you know, we may in a month or two kind of circle back to that Penn State game game and say that sure. maybe that was exactly what Auburn needed to fix x y and z mm-hmm. we don't know that i mean mm-hmm. because uh unfortunately we cannot predict the future <laughs> right uh, you know, but as some may think we can if you were four
1: and oh with wins over four cupcakes going into this five game stretch i wouldn't feel as good yeah i'd rather be three and one with a guff game against penn state as far as how many games i'm going to win out of the next five yeah Right? Yeah.
0: Well, the biggest thing even for us talking going into that Penn State game was there There were only two of those cupcakes, when we were saying, we still don't know anything about mm-hmm. this team. I mean, it would have been the exact same thing, sort of what you are just talking
1: about. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, what, what we're talking about, LSU, we're talking about <laughs> four, then LSU and then four teams ranked ahead of you. Yeah. You got to win in Death Valley and then make four chalk upsets?
0: Yeah. Death Valley, where you Woo. haven't won since 99. Woo! 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 Not for the faint of heart, sir. Not <laughs> no, for the isn't. faint of heart.
1: No, it isn't. But that's the future, Jordan. First. One we, game at a time, we, maybe. We're going to have a homecoming queen? I don't know. It's gonna be, we're going to have homecoming. I tweeted this
0: out, so I don't know if you saw this. Can you name the last time Auburn lost to a non-conference team on homecoming? And okay. can you name See, the quarterback?
1: You gave it away when you said name the quarterback.
0: Yeah. That's
1: yeah. I think that's part of it. That was that was what gave it away. Yeah. That they had a notable quarterback. Yeah. I think a lot of people would know that was that was old Brett. Brett Favor. Yeah, Brett Favor. Brett Favor. Uh, Southern Miss. So yeah, uh that was I think that one the the quarterback part
0: gave it away. I thought I'd Cause Brett's,
1: a, it. Brett's a Brett's a part of Auburn Lore coming and beating their butt. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: That's true.
0: That's true. Another thing before we taught Georgia State, can you name probably the most famous Georgia State alum? Ooh. Like athlete or? No, non athlete. Musician.
1: Ooh, no, I don't know. Ludacris. Luda!
0: Alright.
1: Luda. Is Georgia State in Atlanta?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. it is. It is in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, that's the state school. It's cheaper to go to than some of the others.
0: Yep. Yep. So Langrant maybe. Georgia State at this point has only had football for a little bit over a decade now. But sure. they've been pretty uh pretty competitive over the years. Sean Elliott, who was a guy that was a Steve Sparrier assistant for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually the guy they tapped interim head coach when Spurrier when they had that bad year and Sparrier was like, All right bye, I'm retiring <laughs> like retired. Well, yep. well gotta go. <laughs> Click clack. Click clack. <laughs> uh so Sean's been there for a while. They've been pretty successful. This is a, a successful sun belt team um, you know, but you know, not to the quality of like a Coastal Carolina or an App State, but a team that'll probably go to a bowl game. Um, they will be coming in this game one and two.
1: What's his face used to coach there? Bill Curry. Bill Curry. Bill Curry. Can't say Gene Stallings. Gene style, Stallings.
0: Man. Close. <laughs> Gene Stallings replaced at Alabama. Yeah. Uh But they're one and two. They got just totally destroyed by Army to start the year. Lost to North Carolina the next week. Notable uh,
1: Army. Tennessee has dropped Army from next year's
0: schedule, probably because of that game. The smartest thing that Tennessee has done under the Josh Heupel era,
1: and they added Akron. So they, I put on Twitter, I said, so they, uh, so that they saw Auburn struggle more with Alabama State than Akron, <laughs> said we needed to get in on that, and then someone replies and was like. Army's got such great history. Why would you drop that game? and I'm
0: like, because they're gonna lose. Because you don't want to lose. They almost beat Michigan a couple yeah. of years ago. Like you have, no, yeah. do not play Army no. under any circumstances
1: No, because well, unless you have like a three weeks, unless it's the opener, because then you have time to prepare for the triple option. Yes, that's it. Or you have a buy. Yes. Do,
0: otherwise, don't play. Don't play them. So Georgia State had to deal with that to open the season. Got beat by North Carolina. Then came back, and I was kind of surprised they beat Charlotte twenty to nine last week. Ooh, Charlotte like, beat somebody, didn't they? Charlotte beat. Duke. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know if that counts somebody. But, <laughs> somebody. Yes. Uh, so they're one and two, but they got a little momentum. They made a quarterback change. They, of property win over yeah, an ACC team. You know, not too shabby. Okay. Um, but this is a game that Auburn should be able to win and do it fairly easily. This Correct. is not a Georgia State team that... Speaking of Tennessee, right. they beat Tennessee oh. two years ago in Knoxville. Um, but that it would be, no. I think, even a bigger upset because of where the Tennessee program was at the time. And, so. and that Georgia State team was pretty loaded. I think they may have won like seven or eight games. Sure. Like they, they had a good year. Sure. Uh, so what are we looking for out of this game? What do we want to see that makes us um. go – Alright, you know, something kind of positive as they get ready to, to start conference play next week.
1: You want to see a lot of Sean Shivers. Yes. You want to see him work back in, not missing a beat, back in. Because you can't run this Tank Bigsby and, and this Jarquez Hunter, Hunter kid, you know, you can't just run them to death. So. And it
0: won't work for an entire season. Right, it's it not, just won't.
1: not sustainable. So get Sean Shivers a lot of work, a lot of reps, get him back in the fold after missing two games. Um, and then that's what you—that's
0: what I want to see. I agree. I think that's the biggest thing. And then for me, it's if there's anyone that's dealing with injuries, try to sit them. Yep. Try not to put them out there. Owen Papo is a linebacker that yep. uh, got banged up against Penn State. You don't need him. Don't need him.
1: Chandler Wooten's right there.
0: Wesley Steiner, Cam Riley, roll yep. them out there and let them. It's Joko Willis, let's see what they can do because right. you don't. There's just no reason to try to risk. Um, getting a guy hurt when you Correct. need o- you need Owen mm-hmm. when SEC play starts. Sure. You cannot afford to be playing without him, and you're already going to miss the Kobe for the first half of this game because of that targeting penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need those. It's a good chance, I think, for these younger linebackers sure. to kind of prove themselves.
1: Sure. I'd be interested to see who catches balls. I like every game I'm interested <laughs> I think
0: that's been our, our yeah. thing the entire season. Like, okay, we still didn't learn anything. Yeah, so what yeah. do we think now?
1: So let see, see if any receiver steps up a little bit more. Obviously, Demetrius has kind of made himself the go-to guy. But, you know, who else has a chance to –
0: And I think even at tight end, John Samuel Schenker sure. had like six receptions last week. Right,
1: right, so. right. But again, okay, so I think Fergie pointed out the non, non-tight end receptions. Like the targets and catches to receivers mm-hmm. was like fifty percent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was like fourteen of twenty eight. Yeah, because like going to Shanker was like six of six, and it boosted the numbers a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, got to find your receivers and your go to receivers because obviously it's not like the Titans don't count. Yeah, but you need go to guys. Absolutely. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what playing a defense like Georgia State can maybe who can kind of step up and who can show some stuff.
0: They're down. And we'll have all kind of coverage coming out of that game. Before we move on, we got our beat writer for this week. I was able to reach out to Georgia State. Uh, 247 Sports beat writer Ben Moore, he was able to come on uh, for a few minutes and tell me a little bit about this year's Panthers team, what sort of stands out to him, um, what he sort of makes of this game, and and maybe what Auburn can kind of expect – Uh, coming into their homecoming game so uh, good to talk to Ben we'll uh, roll that clip and uh, see what Ben had to say. Well yeah Ben uh, like uh, we were just talking about before we started recording big game for Georgia State this weekend coming to Jordan Hare and uh, so Georgia State right now is one and two coming in this game coming off a big win over Charlotte just where do you feel like this Georgia State team is going into this big game against a
2: uh, an SEC opponent? Yeah, I think, think the uh, when you look back in the first part of August, you know, fall fall camp comes in. You look at the schedule and it, it was daunting. I mean, it, arguably probably one of the toughest schedules in the group of five. Uh, you face a very good Army team, which was uh, slated to win eight or nine games there uh, as, as an FBS independent. Uh, you got to go on the road, in North Carolina, which preseason was top ten. Um, and uh, then come home with Charlotte, you know, no disrespect to the 49ers, but that was going to be certainly the, the probably the fourth, uh, you know, in terms of the line there, and then obviously going to face Auburn on the road. Uh, there was a lot of unknown, you know, going in, obviously, you know, preseason looking at Auburn with new coaching staff on both sides of the ball. Um, there, there is some familiarity, obviously, with Brian Harson and the Georgia State program from his time at Arkansas State. Uh, you could, if, if it hasn't been asked already, I'm sure Brian Harson knows uh, Georgia State well. And, and if you ask him about Albert Wilson, he probably doesn't have fond memories. I think Albert went absolutely nuts uh, that the year there in Jonesboro, Arkansas, in a uh, 38-35 uh, victory for the Red Wolves of Arkansas State. So, um, but no, you know, from a Georgia State perspective, uh, certainly we're hoping to have a building year, uh, 2020, uh, with the COVID shortened year. Uh, only playing ten games, but you know, winning six of those and landing in a bowl game with a redshirt freshman quarterback and Cornelius Quad Brown. Um, you know, you had all eleven starters back on offense. Nine of the eleven starters returning on defense. The team was looking to take a step forward. Uh, so far, the results probably don't say that as much. And, and I think uh, Coach Elliott said as much uh, on, in the press conference yesterday. Um, you don't really know what you have yet with this team, and and he wanted to make some changes just to see. Uh, what kind of response he could get not only I think from the backups but from the starters quite candidly and you know saw that the change of quarterback and running back uh, defensive back as well so um, you know couldn't could see some more changes this weekend at Auburn and and you know it's a huge opportunity uh, no doubt for the program that did not get to play uh, a power five opponent in 2020 but course, we know what happened in 2019 to open up the season and going up to Knoxville and knocking off the Tennessee Vols. So um, I don't expect a similar type result for the record uh, in week four. I don't think anybody's sneaking up on, uh, you know, on anyone anymore, certainly after that game in the SEC. But, um, you know, it should be a good game looking for a competitive game. And I think that's kind of where the goals are right now for Georgia State. You sort of hit on
0: some of the changes that have been made uh, within the team. And, and the big one, Darren Granger stepping up, a former Furman, the quarterback started against Charlotte. Just what have you thought of, of those changes, those tweaks that Coach Elliott has made and, and maybe what uh, we can kind of, um, you know, look for when we get into this game Saturday?
2: Yeah, and, and it wasn't, uh, I will say for folks who cover the program and been around the program, it wasn't a stunning change quite candidly just because, of how rough uh, you know Quad Brown had the first two games there, just couldn't complete passes. Uh, really wasn't moving the ball on the ground in the running game either. Um, you know Georgia State wants to run the ball first. I mean, if you look there, the way they, you know their basically play calls are divided. I mean, they're they're in between 65 to 68 normally. That's kind of where they want to hum along, uh, where they want to get the quarterback out in space, do a lot of run pass option, being able to do some play action. Uh, hit guys in the seam, hit guys outside. And Granger actually was able to do that a couple times uh, against Charlotte and missed a couple throws too. And uh, and as Coach Elliott said yesterday, uh, this is Granger's first – time playing. Furman punted on the season in 2020, so he didn't get an opportunity to play at all. Uh, He played as a freshman in 2019, I believe played four or five games starting there. Um, You know, took uh, that the Paladin squad up to Blacksburg and had them very much in that game late in the fourth quarter. So, um, and and of course, Georgia State knows him all too well as well, as uh, he scared the absolute mess out of the Panthers the week after they beat Tennessee. So uh, after the feel-good happened, here came, here come Darren Granger, and I think he had five touchdowns by himself. So um, he's a talented young man from the state of South Carolina. Uh, very uh, physically, looks very similar to Cornelius Quad Brown, and uh, you know, in size and stature. But you know, has probably a little bit better uh, straight line speed, and I think he took advantage at times of that, and in in, certainly in the North Carolina game, playing against backups and garbage time. But you know, had that opportunity as well against Charlotte uh it was a pretty slick track Saturday night so he didn't really get out to to move as much as he probably wanted to and I think the coaching staff also just gave him a a little bit less of a playbook piece now um, and get him an opportunity but he's gonna have to make throws certainly on Saturday and and there's weapons out there and and George State should be returning some guys um you know as well that that were out um in the last couple weeks as well on, on Saturday. Just generally on both sides of the ball,
0: who are who are some guys you feel like Georgia State uh, has that maybe Auburn fans are going to hear about uh, on Saturday and, and if they're able to kind of hang around guys that uh, may be really responsible for that happening?
2: Yeah, well, one of the guys that uh, certainly you know, Coach Elliott has talked about a while and got his first uh, career start last Saturday, Tucker Gregg, uh, big, powerful uh, running back uh, you know, from the state of Georgia. Uh, Another guy, Destin Coates, who, uh, you know, kind of of was the topic of this press conference there. He's currently second all-time career leader, uh, both in touchdowns and rushing yards. He's had quite a bit of issues fumbling and holding on to the football. And as as we know, the one thing that will get you benched faster than anything else as a running back is is fumbling and, you know, turning the ball over there. So uh, he had four carries for over 80 yards. And he fumbled, and he didn't see the field again Saturday night. So that tells you a lot. Uh, He was well on his way to 100, 150-yard performance for sure. Um, On the outside, a guy, uh, wide receiver Sam Pinckney, uh, big 6'4", 215-pound wide receiver, missed uh, last Saturday with the hamstring issue. Uh, This is a guy that uh, most Power 5 programs knew about in high school uh, out of the state of South Carolina. Uh, Jimbo Fisher offered him at the Florida State Camp as a high school junior. Uh, had nine offers almost immediately after that. Yes, that's how recruiting works, folks. Um, it, it immediately uh, you know kind of spirals from there and, and gets more offers. So Sam is very talented. He has NFL-type potential. They have two very good tight ends in Roger Carter and Aubrey Payne. So offensively, uh, whoever starts or whoever stays a quarterback uh, will have an opportunity to, to play there. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Dante Wilson at nose guard. Uh, he seems to be around in, in, the, you know, in, in the area all the time. Uh, he's a sixth-year senior, one of the super seniors um, that came back uh, for his sixth COVID year there, uh, and uh, was originally committed to Army. So I'll tell you kind of how he's made up uh, mentally and physically. Uh, a little bit undersized uh, as as a nose guard, but uh, typically grades out as one of the top uh, true nose guards, pound for pound na- nationally. Uh, really, really tough guy. Uh, when he does his job, the linebackers like Blake Carroll do very well. Blake had a very uh, had a good standout uh, game, several tackles for loss and a sack. Um, the Panthers defense runs a 3-4. They want to attack uh, inside and outside. They send pressure outside. They send pressure inside, uh, send pressure from the defensive backs as well. Uh, a defensive back that I would certainly ha- uh, highlight and SEC fans, the folks who, who cover uh, you know, SEC land, uh, will remember the name Tyron Matthew the Honey Badger. Well, uh, the Sun Belt kind of has their version of it. His name's Antavius Lane. They call him the Hit Stick. Uh, number thirty-four. Uh, he's getting off the bus. Looks very, very similar to uh, Tyron. He's about five eight and a half, five nine, compact, about five, five you know, about 180, 190 pounds. Um, had four interceptions as a uh, as a freshman and returned a, a pick six in the Lending Tree Bowl last year against Western Kentucky. So he always seems to be around the football. Uh, you know, he's just one of those guys that, uh, you know, sticks facing pretty much anywhere uh, as possible. And, and uh, I, I expect him to be in the mix as well. I got a little dinged in the, in the North Carolina game, but he was, he was back uh, for Charlotte. So I expect him to, to certainly want to play.
0: You look at the game on Saturday. In your mind, what are the keys from the Georgia State perspective? And if you, if you feel bold enough to make a prediction on this game, by all
2: means, uh, but uh, do, do whatever makes you comfortable, Ben. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I I retired from the prediction game long ago because I was so terrible at it. Um, and I'll tell you, in college football, uh, dealing with 18- to 22-year-olds year every year, uh, it gets harder and harder, right? You know, we're seeing FBS and then FCS upsets every single week, seemingly. But um, the, the two matchups that I think I'm looking at specifically, uh, just the Georgia State offensive line versus the Auburn front seven, they did a great job uh, shutting down Penn State, uh, not really allowing them to move and um, and no disrespect to the the first two Auburn opponents, I can't really take a ton out of that because they were so overmatched and the games were over pretty quickly. Um and, and conversely, I think defensively I'm very interested to see uh what kind of level of pressure um the Georgia State, you know, defense can generate against Nix in that passing attack. Um he, he to me, he's been efficient. Uh, in the first three games hasn't been spectacular hasn't put up insane amount of numbers hadn't really had to honestly um that, and we know uh, how powerful that auburn running game is so i think the you know the gsu uh you know having to respond to that the front seven has actually held up pretty well um you know in three games i know a lot of folks kind of looked at the army game and, and if, if you weren't there weren't paying attention to it you still held a triple option team under four yards per carry um which that's all they're going to do so here it comes Try to stop it. Um, I think that's going to be certainly a key, and um, you know, getting off the field on third downs—that's that's been you know obviously the the key, and and I think they held Charlotte to, to four or fifteen on third downs on Saturday. So uh, the Panthers get an opportunity and and certainly generate some turnovers. I think that's the opportunity and the success, and that's. What happened to Tennessee in 2019? The very first play, play the game, win an interception. Uh, four plays later, the Panthers scored and uh, took another uh, interception as well, and and, and fumble. So, um, you know, turnovers can can even the game out a little bit and uh, go that route. And, and uh, conversely, the Panthers can't turn the ball over, and that's that's something they have done already this season. Yeah, no doubt turnovers will be something to look for. That was something
0: we were kind of talking about leading into Saturday. Uh, Well, excited to see this game. We've got a few local guys that are on the roster, Mason Cook, Terrell Gordon, and uh, Jordan Jones, another guy, that a true freshman. So excited to see that. Well, Ben, I really appreciate the time. For the people listening to the podcast, people who see this, um, let them know where they can see your stuff, where
2: they can follow you, where they can kind of get the Georgia State perspective uh, on the next few days and then on game day. Yeah, absolutely. It's been more 24-7 on all social media outlets. I've been fortunate to be with the 24-7 Network and CBS Sports Network for more than seven years now. Uh, do, I'm the publisher of PantherTalk.com um, and uh, part of the 24-7 Network, and we, uh, we cover – uh, you know, cover Georgia State football, basketball, recruiting uh, all around. Uh, I've spoken to all three of those individuals, know them very well, know their parents well. Uh, that, that You talked about uh, ho- hoping to see some of those guys on the field. I uh, don't know if Jordan's going to get a chance to play uh, just as his freshman season that way in a loaded linebacker room. But uh, def- definitely it has been a focus. And, and, and truly the state of Alabama has is, is been a focus of the Georgia State program historically. And a lot of great players coming out, obviously, of that state. So uh, looking forward to some homecomings there for uh, for uh, guys that are uh, they're from the state of Alabama. And, and as a guy who uh, enjoys many weekends on Lake Wadawi, I'm very familiar with Alabama as well. So I'm excited to make the road trip to Out35. Great, great. Uh,
0: looking forward to seeing you and looking forward to this game getting here. Thanks again for the time. And I guess I'll
2: probably see you on Saturday. Sounds great. Appreciate the time, Jordan. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, again, I want to give a shout-out to Ben for taking the time to talk. He he said he's talked to a few different Auburn beat writers this week getting ready for this game. And you know, <laughs>
1: We found the one yeah, Georgia
0: state writer. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I was pleased sort of with what he saw, you know, that this could kind of – be like a, a learning experience for Georgia State. And, and I was lucky. I got to talk to Sean Elliott earlier in the week when they did a Zoom. And, and he was like, I asked him about that Tennessee win, and he was like, eh, there's not that much you can, like, take from that mm. game because different circumstances, things like that. And I think he fired up a few people because he was like, it's not like we're going to go into that big old stadium and the Eagle's going to fly over us and we're going to be shell-shocked. You know, like we've been right. in moments like that before, which is, he's right. I mean, oh, absolutely. Knoxville, Neyland Stadium's like, what, 102, 103? 3,000, that wasn't like, you know, they were playing in the local rec league. It's not
1: not why he's going to lose. Yeah. He's going to lose because he doesn't have the dudes. Exactly. (laughs) And and that's what
0: I like, too. He was like, look, I'm just going to tell you, they're bigger than us, they're faster than us, they're stronger than us, but we're still going to go try to figure out if we can do what we can to win. Right. Um, so yeah, so it was it was interesting to kind of hear that perspective and and also to get Ben because he's all over Georgia State uh, as far as covering the football team as well as basketball too. He he really knows that program, so it was good to have him on.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, that was great.
0: So looking forward to getting ready to, for that for the game on Saturday to kind of cover that. Before we get out of here, the SEC did us a, just a huge favor on <laughs> Tuesday. Let me tell you, this was great going what? in between interviews. Let me tell, Jordan, why? 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 <laughs> the, for anyone who missed it, the SEC decided in the, you know, what, after week season. three, yeah. like- we want to release our 2022 SEC schedule.
1: Before this schedule, conference schedule has hardly started, maybe two conference games so far. Yeah. Like, well, let's
0: talk about next year. And I'm like, why don't we do that in May? Why Why are we doing this? In June, when nothing's happening. Nevertheless, Auburn was among the teams, clearly, <laughs> that uh, we got to learn their schedule. So I'm yeah. going to rattle these off the non-con and the conference games. Sure. Starting with uh, At Home versus Mercer. Mm -hmm. versus San Jose State, versus Penn State and the end of that home-and-home. They'll be coming to Auburn next year. The very first SEC game will be versus Missouri in Jordan-Hare. The next week you'll have versus LSU, October 8th at Georgia, October 15th at Ole Miss, then you have a bye week, then you host Arkansas, at Mississippi State, versus Texas A&M, then you have a home game versus the mighty Western Kentucky Hilltop. Hey. And then you end the year in the Iron Bowl at Alabama. Mm-hmm. So, did anything strike you about the schedule, the, the the conference schedule, anything that sort of stands out about what going will be looking at next year? Um, LSU and Georgia are still back to back.
1: That's the new Amen Corner, if you want to call it that. Uh, that's the new pivotal point. Um, so, those two back to back, you know, every year I think you kind of wonder if those are going to still be back to back because that's kind of. It's so new that it doesn't feel set in stone yet, but maybe it is. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you know that's funny to me because there was always the the complaint or at least the the observation that mm-hmm. we have to play Georgia and then we have to play Alabama every year. And so it was like, mm-hmm. all right, we got rid of that, but yep. here's LSU and Georgia. So I mean, that's yep. you know still comparable, probably not quite as bad, but uh, still still no. You know, I easy guess. Thing.
1: But back in the day, you could play. They would play cupcake Georgia, cupcake Alabama. Yeah. So, but now not so much now it's just now yeah so but i think adding the conference game changed all that anyway so you probably couldn't do that anyway but uh but yeah um hey man you just got to deal with it uh so it 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 helps in some ways and it hurts in others so there you go i don't know i don't know this is gonna be tough just like just like this year. <laughs> yeah.
0: The biggest thing to me, and this is including the non-conference play, they open with, I think, five straight home games. Right. So, Correct. I mean, that's going to be big. Mercer, San Jose State, Penn State, Missouri, uh-huh. LSU. Mm-hmm. You've got to try to take advantage of that. Yes. And, and I saw, I think the last time Auburn did that was 16, I think, and it was a rough start. I think they lost two or three of those games. So right. It's a matter of when you have those many that many home games, try to take advantage, especially when you're playing what I'm sure will still be marquee teams like Penn State and LSU. I'm sure this time next year, you know, both of those uh, have a good chance of being ranked. Yeah. So LSU
1: to, could be completely different. You know? Yeah,
0: exactly. Billy Napier running a uh,
1: tackle.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, you, don't, you know, don't know. But they'll still be, you know, a, a very talented team. And, yep. and you know that you got to try to take care of business if you want to go after those goals that uh, right. Brian Harson and this coaching staff have set.
1: Right, right. That's favorable. I'd say yes. You'd rather have started this year with five straight home games, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's certainly favorable. But uh, but then again, you know the rest of it's not. You know, traveling to Georgia, traveling to Alabama. So uh, yeah, uh, another another more tough sledding in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, I guess that one's the less travel year. Yes, for us, isn't it? Yep, it is. As media, so we'd travel to Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Missouri comes here. Arkansas comes here. Hmm. All right. Okay, we can deal with it. Not a lot of plane. Not any, is there a plane ride there? Let me look. Uh, I don't really. There might not be a plane ride. Yeah, it might
0: all be driving. I mean, the farthest one's going to be the Mississippi games. So yeah, no, no, we'll be driving, brother. Brother. All right. As you get the hankering and try to find the Starkville. But... <laughs> so, it's, so it's Mississippi's at Georgia. Yes. At Alabama. At Alabama. I believe yeah. that's it.
1: Yeah. See, that's crazy. Every other year, there's just like no tr- travel. Yes. Anyway.
0: Right. I know that's what was funny about last year because that was my first year like really on the beat. Yeah, I was like,
1: I was jumping the car, nowhere to go. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, this we'll would be there in a couple of hours. We knew that. Yeah, but that's, yeah, you, we really have to take our travel budget
0: over two years. Yes. So anyway, yeah, that was the the Philly trip last week. That, kinda, <laughs> that that really did make up for the the whole not really going anywhere last year. Right. Which you know really, if there was a year to not try to go somewhere
1: because this year 20,
0: 2020 was kind of the year not to try to go somewhere yeah that's true
1: because this year it's penn state yep got to fly to texas a&m yep got to fly to arkansas
0: yep geez Jeez louise Jeez.
1: so all in one, but next year they'll all be
0: home yep and that'll that'll make for smooth sailing on our side so
1: maybe not for the tigers jordan
0: we'll see <laughs> we will see about that <laughs> well let's yeah. wrap this thing up uh from, we did it as all we did it congratulations so proud uh, thanks again, as always, for listening to the podcast. Be sure to rate, subscribe, share it. Let us know what you think. Hey, we're going to
1: do post-game again, I think. We will. Uh,
0: so watch out for that. No you airport know? trip. I might just drive out to the Auburn airport just to <laughs> kind of get, kind of <laughs> keep that going.
1: The formerly known as My Covered Boulevard. Yes. Uh, so. well, you know, so we'll be on the lookout for that on Saturday. And, you know, if you got questions or something, tweet us. Twitter is our social media platform. Yes. So you can jump on Twitter. But, uh... But, yeah, you know, after the game, you know, Auburn wins, you're kind of in the glow. You want to reflect on it
0: a little bit. Even get ready a little for LSU. We got
1: a podcast right here for you. Yeah. Delivered to your doorstep, proverbially. If you hit
0: subscribe. If you if you have Wi-Fi, <laughs> you can get it. Uh, so be looking for that. Be looking for stories these next few days. I'll have a, I have one on Jarquez Hunter. I was able to talk to some of his high school hey, coaches, hey, hey, hey. so that was pretty cool. And
1: Who is this kid?
0: We'll have the game day edition, that I'll have all kinds of good stuff in there. So uh, be looking for it. So uh, we'll wrap it up right there. For Justin Lee, I'm Jordan Hill. Until next time, take care.